0: Welcome to BitFriends Podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. BitFriends is a national vitiligo support community founded by Valerie Mullineau. For information about BitFriends, classes, support groups for youth, teens, and adults, visit us at www.bitfriends.org. For questions or comments, you can email us at support at bitfriends.org friends podcasts are now sponsored by my better team. Welcome to living life in love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton for Raleigh, North Carolina. So on today's show, I have a very special guest that is Erica Kendrick, and I'll get into some more details uh, with Erica's story and why it's so important for us in just a second. But I want to say this show is unique and special as we go into our holiday season with Christmas and going into New Year's or some of the other holidays that we celebrate. We have to keep in mind and remember that, you know, we have families that are dealing with various challenges, you know, whether it's job situations, whether it's relationships or sometimes we deal with elements, um, whether it's a family member or, or ourselves. So I want to have this special show, Erica, and we'll get into our conversation in just a few minutes. And, and I feel like it's a very important one that not only affects um, the vitiligo community, but it affects people as human beings on this planet. So Erica, welcome to my show. Hello. Thank now, you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, give us a pre- brief introduction uh, about Erica. Who are you? Where do you work? Uh, where are you from? And then we'll dive into it.
1: Well, um, I'm Erica. I'm an art teacher uh, for Wake County Public Schools in Raleigh, and I'm home with my son Benny at our home in North Raleigh. Um, My son is living with um, a disease, a chronic disease called hemophilia, Um, and um, it's been quite a journey over the last two and a half years learning about hemophilia and. Learning about how to best cater to his needs around the house. So, yeah, I talk about that today. <laughs>
0: and, and, and really, that's for our listeners. That's what our discussion is about hemophilia, because you know, the, as a vitiligo community uh, member, you know, we look at our skin and and we deal with what we deal with on the surface. However, there are some conditions out there that it's more than just what's on the surface and it's internal, um, and it affects the person who's living with that condition in different ways and the family members. And that's the kind of discussion we want to have today. Uh, But first of all, let's start. Uh, For our listeners, what is hemophilia?
1: Hemophilia is a disease that affects the factor eight gene in your gene pool. It's a genetic disease. And with Benny, his factor eight um, is not completely missing, but because of that, I mean, but it's missing enough to the point where he cannot produce blood clotting factor. Um, The average person has about 75 to 125% clotting factor. So that let's say you bump yourself on a table, your blood clots and forms, you know, uh, to to keep your blood from um, uh, just excessively bleeding. Um, hemophilia really means a love for blood, (laughs) a weird, weird knowledge. Um, but, (laughs) um, so Benny can bruise very easily. Um, he can have spontaneous bleeds in his joints. He can have a brain bleed. All of these things, um, are, he received protection with medication, um, and I give him weekly injections to keep um, the spontaneous bleeds in his brain and his joints, and to help him with just everyday wear and tear that kids would normally be affected by, Um, you know, bumps, bruises, scrapes, et cetera, nosebleeds, tongue bleeds as well.
0: Now, let me ask a quick question. You said nosebleeds. Are nosebleeds more serious with someone with... Hemophilia?
1: Yes. Um, And nosebleeds can last for hours. Some um, hemophiliacs have to have their noses, um, I think the word is uh, cauterized, where they burn um, the the inside of the nose, but um, just to keep it from bleeding. Um, And with Benny, luckily he's got this medication called Amicar that's really good. And that stops these um, subcutaneous bleeds, like in the nose and in the mouth. So, right,
0: right. It's uh, also
1: $1,500.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know treatment is not cheap for anything. Wow. Oh, uh, we're going we're gonna to get to the treatment and the price a little bit later. Here's my question because Benny's a young child. Uh, for mm-hmm. our listeners who don't know, he's, he's a young child. Um, and as a parent, watching him, uh, living with this condition, um, with the disease. What do you see? Oh, oh, how does it affect him? What do you see from that? You know, when you're looking at him in his everyday interactions, uh, what is it like?
1: I honestly feel like it's made him so much more guarded and apprehensive because everybody around him is treating him so gently. That he's a child now that doesn't take as many risks as other kids his age. He walks very slowly up and down the stairs. He's very cautious at the playground. Um, He seems overly concerned about hurting himself. And he's only two and a half. And I know that sometimes, you know, as a teacher in the classroom, how we treat children really affects how they behave and the treatment of me and his family members has, has unfortunately made him like maybe not enjoy life as much and not right, be as careful right. as some kids his age should be. And,
0: and you know, and, and that's, that is uh, important. That's an important fact that how we treat people sometimes determining how they maneuver through life. Um, and, and yes, with, with his condition is very important that he is treated with care because you know, you have to be careful. Um, And I think sometimes with the vitiligo community, we tread lightly with each other, but it's on the surface. You know, it is our skin. And that's a different level of care, concern, treatment. Now, as a parent, as you're watching this and you're watching your son maneuver through life, although he's young, uh, how does it affect you?
1: Um. It affects me, really his injections affect me the most. And I think his injections also, I I think I forgot to mention that his weekly injections have made him very, very scared of the doctor's office. He's very scared of strangers because usually it's men who come over and help me. I have a nurse who comes over and um, and helps me give him injections. Um, I gave the injections on my own for about a year But then once he knew what was going to happen, because usually I I wipe his leg with alcohol. And as soon as I wipe his leg with alcohol, he knows he starts trembling, crying, hyperventilating. Um, And then for me, it became really difficult for me to give the injection because I said to myself, you know, I just don't want to do this to my baby. You know, I don't want to. I felt like I was like literally stabbing him for a little while. Right. Uh, but now I just quiet that little self part of myself. And I just say, you know, I'm his nurse first when it comes to these injections and then I'm his mother. So I just I get really sort of go a little cold and right. I just right. give him his injection. I know that I'm protecting him for the week and then I go and I cuddle.
0: <laughs> right. Absolutely. because That care is very important. Not, not just for him, but for yourself as well. Cause I can imagine it's very emotional and, you know, besides the physical aspect of giving him the shots, emotional because, you know, that's your child and you don't want to see your child in any type of stress, stressful situation, because I can imagine it brings stress on them. But however, you know, you're protecting him, you know, so it, it's it's um, very touching as I think about it. Um, I've read a little bit of information about hemophilia, so it, it states that it affects the male more males more than females.
1: Yes, it's a gene that's carried. Uh, I think on the on the X axis, or um, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. Right, all, but, absolutely. But but it's carried from the woman, the, the the mother, to the the son. Okay. Um. So it is something that either he inherited from me, or it's a mutation. But if you have it on both sides, let's say you have this. Uh, factor deficiency on your mother's side and your father's side, then girls can have it as well.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So, um, and then I'm somebody who was, I still have to get tested, but chances are that I have, I'm a symptomatic carrier as well.
0: Okay. Right.
1: So I used to have hour long nosebleeds and, um, other issues, um, bleeding issues, um, throughout my childhood that, led me to know that I'm more, um, I should have known, but it was just something no one ever talked about or, and it was such a rare disease that everyone assumed that girls couldn't have, um, the symptoms.
0: Right. And, 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 you know, though, Erica, a lot of times I think there's a lack of knowledge in our community. It just, just as average people, you know, if you're not a doctor, if you're not a physician, you're not a nurse. So, you know, you, some things you just don't know. And I know back in the nineties, if you were looking at the nineties, there was a lot of discussion. We didn't want to have about certain ailments, certain diseases, certain, um, uh, uh, conditions, you know, vitiligo was one. We didn't know a lot of information about it. And if you did, you didn't talk about it. You know, we sometimes will make jokes about certain things. You know, if we had a friend that, always had a nosebleed, we might give them a nickname, you know, or, or, or laugh about it. But these things are not funny. These things are very serious. And I have you here on the show because I, I feel we need to be educated on these things. There's somebody in our community, I'm sure has a family member or a loved one that's living with the same condition. And I, I feel like it's going to be comforting to them to know that somebody's talking about it. So let's, let's talk about the treatment aspect, not the money yet, but the, the treatment, uh, what type of treatments? I know you mentioned the shots, but are they, is there anything else, any type of therapy or anything that he has to go through?
1: Um, yeah. Um, well, my son, he has a, um, we go to what is called an HTC, which is a hemophilia treatment center. And by going to this HTC, they say regularly, it will increase, um, his, his, life expectancy right. to be the same as an average person. Awesome. Um, so he's got a geneticist, a physical therapist, a social worker, and a hematologist. Um, and they all have different things that they do to, um, you know, check to make sure he's not bruising. And, and he's got a team of nurses as well. right? And they offer support as well. The social worker helps me um, if I have any issues um, paying for medications, or oops, we're going to talk about payment right yet, yeah. or <laughs> right. In, anything that's in that category of getting access to the drugs. And then the geneticist um, just checks to see what parts of the factor 8 he's missing so that he can receive the right medication. Unfortunately, we found out that he is more likely to have it uh, to, to have something called an inhibitor which makes his medicine, it just makes it, keeps it from working at all. Okay. Okay. So it's not happening right now, but sometime in the future, if he injures himself enough times and has to use what's called factor, a factor replacement to replace um, the hemoglobin in his blood or the I'm sorry. I think I'm talking a little too fast.
0: I'm oh all... no, no, no! Just this is perfect. <laughs> this is perfect because Erica, this is information that we don't know, and it's good for our community to hear this. So please continue.
1: Um. So he, whenever he falls down and hurts himself very badly, let's say he gets a very large bump to the head Mm -hmm. or sprains an ankle, breaks anything, fractures anything, he has to go to the hospital. And he uses what's called a factor replacement. And that's, you know, the factor eight placed into, you know, a medical, a medical form that can be injected into him. And he's had to have this happen twice in the past. He bumped his head as a baby and then also when he was in daycare he slammed his finger into the door um so what they did was they gave him an iv they gave him a couple of the um boxes of mach- see, uh, so many boxes of this medicine um and it's even though it's liquid i'm just saying it comes in boxes right <laughs> and what happens is really remarkable like when he hit his head, his head was all black and blue and it was making weird colors. It was looking horrible. And then within, I would say, 60 seconds of getting the medicine, I could see the clotting factor was running through his veins. It healed up the injury and, you know, all the color, all the black and blue just sort of drained out of his forehead. Um, it It was still bruised a little bit days later but it was what we would have a normal bruise.
0: right wow wow that's that's interesting um and, and as you say you were you say you were talking a little fast no it's fine you you are sharing information this is very important for our community as human beings to know this stuff you know we talk so much about vitiligo but it's good to hear about other conditions um we're learning. And I've always said it takes a couple of seconds to learn something new. And that's what we're doing. Doing, We're learning something new. Um,
1: I want to say, I'm talking about it pretty coolly and calmly right now. Right. And I, no, I understand. When I was taking my eight month old baby to the hospital right. <laughs> by myself um, and then, you know, explaining to the nurses what hemophilia is and that he right. had an hour to take the medication and they were like, no, well, why do you have the medication? And I'm like, oh, well, the medication is, you know, very expensive. And right. you aren't going to have it in your little doctor's office or Absolutely. your emergency room. <laughs> um, so I talked about it like it was calm and cool, but at the, I was hyperventilating. It, so it's was not.
0: Yeah. Out. I was. Well, well let's talk <laughs> about that before we get to money let's talk about some of your experiences you know your childs living with this condition you're trying to give support but you also have to be who you are live your life work and then still try to manage you know what is that like for for a parent or, or someone who's taking care of a loved one with hemophilia
1: uh, the first year was definitely a challenge because you know as a mother you're having you just have had a child you know, you're definitely going through all that postpartum stress. And then, you know, you read the internet, you watch, you know, you look at stories on the internet of other people with hemophilia around the world. And if you don't have the right medications, you become, your joints become deformed. Right. You know, you can lose um, limbs. You can um, end up, um, you know, not being able to take care of yourself. It, shortens your life expectancy um so when I was reading about the history of it you know I thought that my son had really been given a death sentence at first and it was hard for me to really see a bright future for him because I was already sort of wrapped in my own emotions with postpartum um so that was really stressful I didn't I didn't understand what his life was going to look like um But with support systems, support groups like um, North Carolina Hemophilia, um, the North Carolina Hemophilia Chapter, the local one, um, the National Hemophilia uh, Federation, and um, the World One, I receive publications of people around the world who have hemophilia. I go to um, local dinners and local group chapter events where right. I see other kids, and it was so nice to, even though I, I had just a little baby with me, I saw these kids with hemophilia who were nine and 10 years old running and playing around me, and I said, oh, my son's going to be okay.
0: Right, gives you some hope. Yeah, that's and that's very important. Um, we still going to get to the money. Um, <laughs> support groups are very important, um, not just for people living with vitiligo or, or living with hemophilia, but just in general, I think people need support. We need just to be able to have that human factor of talking to people, you know, when we're stressed at work, stressed at home, stressed driving down the street, being able to talk to someone and, and know that it's going to be okay. You know, and, and, you know, I'm thinking about the story of you saying you're there with Benny, he's, he's a baby. And you're seeing kids running around that are nine and 10 living a normal life, you know, in that situation, you know, they're they're playing. That's what kids love to do. You know, it brings a lot of hope. And I, and I feel like that's what we need. We need to see and hear the stories of hope, knowing that, hey, I may have this condition or this disease, but it doesn't mean it's the end of my life. You know, it it means I have to live life differently. But it's not the end, you know. And um, and I really appreciate you sharing the story because I know it is personal and some people don't want to talk about anything personal. Um,
1: I didn't for the longest time. Right. I didn't tell anybody about it at my
0: work or right. um, even some of my
1: family members, I didn't talk to them about it because it was just so overwhelming. Right. I, I didn't want them to look at me and think, oh my goodness, we feel so sorry for you. But,
0: right, right. Uh, you know, you, I'm glad you said that. Um, A lot of us do that, even with, um, i say more severe cases of vitiligo, and and not even that, even like my case, you know, I don't have a lot on my face, but it's all over. Um, Having to share your story, what you're going through, how you feel about things with other people sometimes makes you feel, "Uh, I don't want to share it because they're going to think, you know, I'm this needy person or they're going to think I can't handle my life. And people, you know, like you said, they say, oh, I feel so sorry for you. I'm like, I'm okay. I have my struggles, but I'm okay. You know? Yeah, you but, don't want to be pitied. Right. You
1: don't want, you know, I just, like just sometimes their emotions can sort of like, you can sort of s- absorb them.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about the other factor. chiching. Mm-hmm. And I say that because medication in the U.S. is ridiculous for anything, you know. It, it can we talk about the price tag of some of the medication you mentioned, mentioned earlier? Was it fifteen hundred dollars?
1: So just for his little his little coughs, it looks like cough syrup, right? But it's the amicar that keeps him his nose and mouth from bleeding. Um, every time I buy a bottle of that it's out of pocket, $1,500. And I have to buy a bottle of it every single year. Right. Then his um, regular medication, that is, it's a medication that is actually sort of been made in a lab and it binds factor um, seven to factor, uh, factor seven to factor nine it makes sort of like an artificial bridge. Oh, okay. I, I don't know exactly how it works, but there's some amazing Japanese scientists who right, have right. created this concoction. Um, but that, that concoction, um, I believe, is $30,000 a wow. month. Wow. Um, luckily, uh, it's covered. Um, but there are other uh, insurance companies that don't cover the medicine that he currently has.
0: Right. Right.
1: So he can take his medication is a simple shot in his leg that can be done once a week or every other week. It depends on your dosage. But the other medication that they want us to try or they would have had us try two or three years ago before this medication came out is something that requires a port. Mm, or okay. um you have to have it injected into your central line which is sort of like uh like the middle of your arm here um mm. so <clears throat> if you can imagine having a toddler and trying to get their vein
0: right <laughs> oh, yeah
1: <laughs> and um and then you know like even when Benny was super duper little they tried to take blood for him but they couldn't get his, his veins because they were so tiny.
0: Right, right.
1: So you would have to have a port put in and those things get infected and they're they're very really gross. Right. Wow. Um Wow. So they told me, long story short, to get back to it, the med- there there was a time when his medication was denied. And they said, Oh, the only medication we'll give you it will be the one that involves getting a port or the central line injections. And I said, No, that's just not acceptable for my son, I, I'm not gonna do that to him. Um, right. So I had to fight with the National Hemophilia Federation against um, my insurance company for about three months. Uh, and they gave me a healthcare analyst, which was really wonderful for free. And we stayed on the phone together for about eight hours a day for weeks at a time um While I was teaching, <laughs> I didn't say that part. But right. from uh, 7 a.m., you know, or no, not 7 a.m. because it was it was like weird California time, or maybe it was 7 a.m. But it was like 7 to 2 or something from um day after day after day. Wow. Um, and that was that was terrible.
0: <laughs> well, you know, these are the things that we need to hear because some people don't know. We don't know you know, what people are going through as they're trying to get help, as they're trying to get support and the battles they have to fight with the insurance companies, cause they don't want to cover anything. Um, and, and just to relate that to the vitiligo community, you know, here, most, if if not all, but most of our uh, treatments are not covered. It's out of pocket. Mm. And, um, they just came up with some new treatment and it, it's gonna, it's gonna work and it's gonna restore, you know, people's you know skin color and blah 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 and the question was how much and he gave the price and i'm like nobody can afford that you know just certain people yeah. can but like insurance is not going to cover that so you're asking people to kick all this money out of their pocket and and no you know that at that at this point like i can't afford that oh no. so and it's not guaranteed to work mm You know it's one of those things it's a test you assume it may work may not work depends on your body um and it's a treatment meaning it's just to treat it it's not a cure so speaking of that let let me ask and through the research you've received um and knowing this is chronic so are they are researchers and doctors looking for some type of they
1: do they have something that and i I hate to even be that excited it's pretty exciting for the hemophilia um community so i i shouldn't knock it right now but um it is a gene therapy that will take so my my son has severe hemophilia that means he makes negative minus negative one percent well, the average person has 75 to 125, right. which I mentioned. So this will take you to, a, I believe they said, like 20 or 30%. Okay. Um, it's something where you can only take it once you're, you've passed puberty. Okay. Um, it's a virus, I believe, that they place into your liver. I, and I don't know all the whole, all the details. I can't explain all the details, but right. I can say that basically uh, it allows you to produce the clotting factor uh, and the price tag is over a million
0: dollars. Oh, great, great. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's (laughs) right up my alley, right? You know, over a million dollars.
1: How much will insurance companies pay? Right. You know, when we're talking about, and and I've honestly thought about, you know, is it gonna be 20 or $30,000 after the insurance companies right you know after they agree but then it only lasts for i believe like five or so years so i could be wrong if somebody's out there listening but i believe it only lasts for a few years
0: right wow
1: so it's so the question is are you going to be paying thirty thousand dollars every five years right will it actually be as effective after you know with the second trial along
0: right right. now
1: the good news is Benny is so young and he can only take it when he's 18 so they've got some time to work out the kinks
0: absolutely absolutely wow
1: um but I still just feel like eh, I just I'm not horribly excited about it
0: yeah that but I I often wonder about medication like the price tag seriously I if you want to you want to help people But it just seems like help is there, but it's so out of reach for some people. Like, I see the help. This is the help I need. I just can't afford it, so I'm not going to go get help. And I know there are organizations that will support people. Um, What are some of the organizations that you've been involved in? I know you mentioned some earlier that have supported you, that said, hey, we will provide this for you for bidding
1: yeah um the national hemophilia foundation gave my son a helmet Mm -hmm. um and then i know they offer a couple like different things like uh like equipment for um they used to do gym memberships but i don't think they're doing that anymore because really a healthy body is the best way to fight this illness long term right okay you really have to take care of yourself Um, You can't be an unhealthy hemophiliac and expect to have that life expectancy.
0: Right, right. Okay.
1: Uh, (laughs) But I also, through the Pan Foundation, um, in the past, have received some premium assistance. um, And I know that they receive, uh, they're a great charity to give to. Um, They reach out to people, uh, you know, as a teacher (laughs) <laughs> you you don't make so much, right? So um, yeah. they actually are a teacher's paycheck is in the threshold to receiving assistance,
0: right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't laugh about it, but but we know, and then they say, "Yeah, we're going to give you raises," and that raise doesn't cover anything. So yeah, I, I feel. But that.
1: I'm so thankful that they are out there,
0: right? Absolutely, they
1: can help with some costs because it does you know benny meets his out of pocket max in march
0: okay.
1: so it's sort of nice because in march he can start getting all these therapies for free
0: right okay.
1: um but um that means also i have to physically pay thousands of dollars by march right. so, wow. so i just like just like here <laughs> and that's right
0: around the corner yes <laughs> This is right after Christmas. Hey, let me just give you my whole check. There you go. You can have it. But I, I, I get it. Um, and, and I understand the, the challenges. And I, I think our listeners also understand the challenges. Um, and some of them can co-sign because they're probably, I'm sure there's somebody out there listening that either knows somebody or has is taking care of someone with hemophilia or may have it themselves. Um,
1: but there so, are many really things out there to help. Um, so it, when I do, yeah, when I do tell people about the costs, I always tell them. But oh, you know, I'm not asking for money.
0: Right, right. <laughs> I'm just
1: just saying it's real. It's a real pain, and it's right, absolutely about it because you know it, it, I do think healthcare is a human right. So um, I, I don't I don't believe that there should be people around the world who um, have to become disfigured. You know, because I'm just blessed that I can live in the United States.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: Um, But, you know, is this medication available in Canada where they have, you know, universal health care? It's not, unfortunately. It's only that, you know, parents have to literally call in and and write their politicians there so they can receive the medication um, that my son has.
0: Wow. And that's one thing I always found unique. You know when you look at the world, you know sometimes we think it's the same everywhere you go, but it's not. it's not a one-size fit all. You know, you may go to this particular country and there's no health care, or only certain people can get health care. You go to this country, nothing's covered. But you go to this country, we'll cover you. However, there is some stipulations with it, or we look at you know Canada where they have universal health care. But certain things are not covered. But here we can get the medication, we can get the support we need, but then the price tag is so out of this world that it, it's frustrating, but I'm gonna put a but there. There are organizations willing to help people in need that reach out to them to say, hey, I need support, you know, and that's the great thing. Um, two more things before we wrap this up. Um, first thing, what what's the importance of giving blood how important is that
1: it's it's very important it's very important to um people with conditions you know a variety of conditions but um especially you know in the hemophilia um um for for sorry for the factor
0: (laughs) that's okay i got you
1: (laughs) hemophilia community for the factor replacement um but yes, I encourage everyone to give. Um, also, uh, you know, and to, you know, be safe with your giving. Um, all right. So, sorry. Um, i right, sorry, I'm sort of stuck on this other thought I wanted to mention really quickly. I know we're, you probably have to cut this part out, but um, no, one, no, interesting, we're gonna keep one interesting fact <laughs> about uh, other countries that have universal health care is that I've read that if you have hemophilia, you're never going to be allowed to be, uh, you're not allowed to become one of their citizens. Oh, wow. So, and I felt, I think that like, when I heard that it really crushed me, not that I really, you know, think about Benny moving to, uh, like Great Britain or Canada or something, but, The fact that the whole country says, regardless of what your future is, you're not allowed to become one of our citizens. Wow.
0: And that's so they don't have to cover them for anything. Yeah. That that is sad. That is sad.
1: And that, I think that really hurt me for some random, well, not random reason, but it just, you know, I just want, I want my son to have the same freedoms as everybody else. Right. And to know that there are countries in the world that have already decided on day two of, you know, of him being diagnosed, you're just not welcome here. I right. think it's sort of wrong, you know.
0: It, it is, it is. <laughs> but, but it's like that, um, I even say with the vitiligo community, I've, I've talked to members that live in other countries and they can't get employment in certain mm. places because of how they look, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, come on, y'all, we, we can do better as human beings on this planet, you know, stop. We have to stop the hate, we have to stop the, I feel like, the disrespect towards people for various reasons uh, and love people. You know, people need love. And just because this person has this condition, we go, oh, we can't deal with you at all. We don't want you at all. You know, it's sad when you really look at it. Um, So we're getting to the end. And at the end of my podcast, I always like to have my guests leave us with some words of encouragement. But before we get there, for our listeners, thank you for tuning in. I know this is a different type of discussion before the holidays, but I felt like it was very important for us to have this discussion. You know, we need to support people regardless of what they're dealing with, regardless of, you know, um, some of the challenges that presents, you know, just being a human on this planet. We have to love each other. And this is the part of that love. We're hearing a story. We're getting some facts. We're getting some information. And um, and if you meet somebody with hemophilia, you know already you're ahead of the game. We're giving you some knowledge here. So I feel like the knowledge is power. So Erica, if you can share something with us before we wrap it up.
1: Yes, I can share something <laughs> with you. <laughs> um. I just want to say what um, I'm thinking about. I want to leave everybody with something, a really good tidbit. Um, But I guess for me, really, knowledge has been power for learning how to care for my son. Um, When I decided that I can't just sit around and cry about what's going on in my life. And with his life, and I can't sit there surrounded with worries. What I can do is I can research um, more about hemophilia. I can go to conferences about hemophilia. I also took some time and I read medical journals, which were sort of hard to decipher, but I've actually gotten pretty good at it now. (laughs) (laughs) And when I learned, when I took the initiative to really teach myself as much as possible. I wasn't as overwhelmed and stressed out about this chronic illness for my son's life. I knew that he had um, more possibilities and more advantages and that actually I was quite blessed. I was blessed to live in a community that had a number of wonderful hospitals. I was blessed to live in a country where he had medical access I was blessed to be a part of a wonderful church community that's been by my side. And um, just that knowledge and that gratitude has carried me through.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Great words. You know, it's powerful to hear other people's stories and, and how they've managed through. And I appreciate your courage of coming on, being vulnerable and sharing your story. Yours and Benny's is both of your stories, you know, um, we do i do appreciate it and i say we as a community we appreciate it also Um, like to thank you for our listeners i'd like to thank you for tuning in um, this is another episode of living life and love at night i'm your host mark braxton from raleigh north carolina remember to look in that mirror and tell that person you see i love you you will take care have a blessed day You have been listening to Living Life in Love with your host, Mark Braxton. This podcast was sponsored by my Betaligo team.